0: Amen. Thank you, Samuel. Uh, Samson has been through a lot to this point in in the series. Uh, As Samuel said, we've been calling the series, The Philistines Are Coming. And this week, if you're following along, you can read in Judges 15. We'll begin in verse 14, read through verse 20. In recent weeks, we've witnessed Samson fall in love with a woman of low character, The wedding went bad, she was unfaithful, and then Samson and the Philistines became engrossed in an escalating uh, back and forth of acts of vengeance that led to damage to property, the death of Samson's wife and his father-in-law, and the demise of hundreds upon hundreds of Philistines. Now, our little world may not be quite that dramatic, but let's not minimize what happens in the lives of those who call Central Assembly home. I've always thought it would be fun to do a reality show of all the -the behind-the-scenes workings of Central Assembly, although I'll grant you it would be a lot less exciting now that Corrine has retired. What if we made a reality show of your life? The details of our lives kind of flatten out in the scope of the day-to-day, but if we were to lay it out like a novel, I think it would look very different. We've we've had new babies born into the family here at Central Assembly recently. That's evidenced by the dedication. Uh, That's one of my favorite things to do, by the way, is to go up to the hospital after the baby's born. And be among the first to to hold the baby, pray a blessing uh, over that little one. Uh, we've had weddings recently, and engagements uh, have taken place in recent weeks. Sometimes we celebrate new jobs and 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 promotions. We were over at Kerry Toyota this week, the whole staff over there for a big celebration. Or maybe someone retires. People call me sometimes to, to let me know of of those types of things, and I love that. Uh, Others use the connection card, the praise reports. Others use Facebook to share their good news. It's always great to hear about the good things that are going on in your life. There's lots of pain out there, too, of course. We've suffered loss recently. Funerals are, are tough, especially for people that we know and love so well. We've also had bad reports from the doctor that leave us without hope in the natural realm. Aren't you glad we have Jesus? And then there are the more mundane trials of life, job loss, uh, financial problems, relationships that that struggle and, and even dissolve. Life can be an adventure. It's the the great roller coaster of our existence. The, The highs are exhilarating and the lows can be devastating. Even the routine of life is draining. Work, raising children, caring for aging parents, and all the stressors that come with life can be very demanding. If you put all that together, compiled it into a book or made it into a movie, I bet it would be pretty compelling. At our last board meeting, we picked cards with arbitrary questions on them as an icebreaker. And John Ball randomly picked a card that said, if they made a movie of your life, what would the central plot be? John proceeded to tell us the story of his life. And it was absolutely enthralling. We wept and we rejoiced. It was very emotional. My hunch is yours would be too. When you put it all together, it may be more exciting than you realize. Like I say, it tends to flatten out over time, but the the highs and the lows are dramatic. Sometimes life demands, we hit it pretty hard. And to go along with that then, we need times of refreshing. That was true even with our guy Samson. Today we read from Judges chapter 15 beginning in verse 14. The first two verses that I'll read kind of recap from last week and and help usher us into this week. Beginning in verse 14 of Judges 15, it says, When he came to Lehi... The Philistines shouted against him, and the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him. And the cords that were upon his arms came became as flax that was burnt with fire, and his bands loosed from off his hands. And he found a new jawbone of a donkey, and he put it forth in his hand, he took it, and he slew a thousand men with it. And Samson said, With the jawbone of a donkey, heaps upon heaps, With the jawbone of a donkey I have slain a thousand men. And it came to pass when he had made an end of speaking that he cast away the jawbone out of his hand and he called that place Ramath-Lehi. And he was sore athirst, he was thirsty. And he called on the Lord and said, Thou hast given me this great deliverance into the hand of thy servant and now shall I die of thirst and fall into the hand of these uncircumcised but God clave a hollow place that was in the jaw and there came water there out. And when Samson had drunk, his spirit came again and he revived. Wherefore he called the name of that place Enhechor, which is in Levi unto this day. And Samson judged Israel in the days of the Philistines twenty years. As Samson's story plays out. He experiences a great victory over the rival Philistines, and now he needs to be replenished. So the question becomes, how can we, in the midst of the story of our life, how can we experience refreshing from God? I think we we would all agree it's imperative that we do Let's look today at five ways to experience times of refreshing in the midst of the story of our lives. Number one, be saved. Nothing can be right until you know Jesus. There are many people who experience many different problems, and I believe the root issue for a lot of them is simply that they're lost. Romans 8.22 says, For we know that all of creation groans and travails in pain together until now. Why is that? It's because nothing is the way it was meant to be. Sin has altered the perfect plan of God for mankind. God created a perfect world and He created a race of beings in His own image to occupy and to keep or tend this beautiful creation. But mankind used His free will to sin and that changed everything. All the suffering and the pain of the world are rooted not in the judgment of God, but in the fallenness of man and now all creation groans and travails for the way it was meant to be we lament the loss of our potential and we grieve the pain that we've inflicted upon ourselves all of creation groans our sinfulness is ever before us romans 323 says all have sinned and come short Of the glory of God. We are all flawed, we are all dysfunctional, we are all sinners. You know it, I know it, we all know it. And we know it because of the law. By the deeds of the law, the Bible says, shall no flesh be justified in his sight, but by the law is the knowledge of sin. The law points out our sin. The Bible says the soul that sins shall surely die. Our our guilt reveals to us our desperate need. We need a Savior. And so our Heavenly Father sent Jesus. Jesus came to redeem the world, and it's in a relationship with Him where we will find refreshing. Repent, ye therefore, the book of Acts says, and be converted that your sins may be blotted out when the times of refreshing shall come. And where do they come from? From the presence of the Lord. Jesus is the way to the refreshing we all so desperately long for. Everything else is just a band-aid. Everything else is just medicating. Made it medicating. Everything else just blurs reality and numbs the pain. Everything else is just a coping mechanism. Jesus is the answer. Amen. Jesus is the only answer. Yes. Do you long for a time of refreshing? Yeah. Then choose Jesus. Acknowledge your sin. Turn or repent from your sin. Accept the blood of Jesus on Calvary's cross as payment for the penalty incurred by your sin and begin to live for Him. In order to experience true refreshing, you need to be saved. Five ways to experience refreshing in the midst of the story of our lives. Number one, be safe. Number two, drink freely from the water of life. There's nothing more refreshing than a drink of cool water on a hot day. That's what Samson discovered. He called on God. And water came forth out of the jawbone of a donkey. And the Bible says he revived and his spirit came to life. Revelation twenty-two seventeen 17 says, And the spirit and the bride say, Come, and let him that hears, come. Let him that is thirsty, come. And whosoever will, let him drink of the water of life freely. What does it mean to drink from the water of life freely? Well, If you want to charge your cell phone, you plug it into the electrical outlet. If you want water in the yard, you hook your hose up to the faucet on the side of your house. And if you want life, you connect with the source of life. One way we connect is through prayer. Jesus sits at the right hand of the Father. Now picture this. When you think of prayer, think of this. Jesus sits at the right hand of the Father, uniquely qualified as the God-man to make intercession on our behalf. Church, we pray to God in the name of Jesus Christ. But you have to come. The Spirit and the Bride say, come. If you're thirsty, come. If you need a refreshing, come. If you're looking for abundant life, come. If you're tired of living your way, come. If you're weary, come. Come if the story of your life has left you depleted. Come if your spirit is parched. Come if life lacks meaning. Come if you're low on hope. Come if you're running on empty. Come if your soul needs to be revived. Come. Come. Just come and drink of the water of life freely. Now another way we drink of the water of life is through God's word. The Bible, church, hear me now. The Bible is filled with the power to refresh your weary soul. It will recharge your battery. It will infuse your system. It will empower your spirit. The Bible will renew your mind. It will bring a refreshing to your soul. It will revive you like water from the jawbone of a donkey. Without it, you will dry up and waste away. Listen, step one in the process of backsliding is neglecting the Word of God. And to think, the Bible is right there. It sits on your shelf or it sits on your desk. All that's left for you to do is read it. It's low-hanging fruit. It's easy pickings. There is no reason not to. All you have to do is choose to. Just reach for it. Just take it. Just open it. Whosoever will, let him drink of the water of life freely. Listen, time with God will lead to refreshing Jeremiah said, I have satiated the weary soul. I have replenished every sorrowful soul. Do you need refreshing? Then spend time with God. Connect to the source and drink of the water of life freely. Another path to refreshing is found in worship. Psalm 95. Listen, listen to Psalm 95. Do you love the Psalms? Psalm 95 will come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before His presence with thanksgiving and make a joyful noise unto Him with songs. For the Lord is a great God and a great King above all gods. In His hand, hear me now, in His hand are the deep places of the earth. The strength of the hills is his also. The sea is his, and he made it, and his hands formed the dry land. Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker, for he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. The first step toward true refreshing is found in putting God upon the throne of your life. And this needs To find, now nobody would disagree with me, but it needs to find expression in our daily routine. Husbands and wives repeatedly say the words, I love you. You hang around our house for very long and you'll hear those words. We say, I love you to each other. You can't just say it at the wedding and hope that's enough. (laughs) Love needs expression, love longs for expression. And, and, and the way husbands and wives live their lives is another expression of their love. It's love without words. So, our relationship or our worship needs to find that daily expression too. It needs, to, it needs to fill our mouths and it needs to find expression in the way we live our life. And I think sometimes the reason we struggle with worship here at church is because we don't worship at home. We don't worship on our own. If you practice worshiping at home and then we get here corporately and we begin to worship, I think we'd have a different atmosphere. So find let worship find an expression in your daily life. There's a refreshing as we worship the God of the universe. When you're downcast, try worship. If your spirit is dry, then sing about the water of life. Like a mighty sea, like a mighty sea, comes the love of Jesus sweeping over me. If your heart is dark, then sing about the gospel light. If your heart is heavy, then just put on the garment to praise for the spirit of heaviness. Just sing about Jesus. Just sing about the cross. Just sing about redemption. When you're without hope, sing a song about heaven. Remind yourself that you've got a mansion just over that hilltop in that bright land where you'll never grow old just remind yourself that when the roll is called up yonder you'll be there that ought to put a bounce in your step that ought to take the edge off all the cares of life just sing about the victory that we have in him sing about the wondrous love of jesus sing about the fountain filled with blood drawn from emmanuel's veins Sing about the glorious church without spot or wrinkle. Sing about how Jesus is the shelter in the time of storm. Sing about how love found a way. Sing about how you need Him. How every hour you need Him. You want to experience a refreshing? You want to drink from the jawbone of a donkey? Then learn word to worship in spirit and in truth. Another way to find refreshing is to live a disciplined life. We cannot earn our salvation. Can we just get that out of the way? We cannot earn our salvation. For me to espouse a gospel of works is foolhardy at best and heresy at worst. Ephesians 2 says it as clearly as you can say it. For by grace are you saved through faith, not of yourselves. It's a gift of God, not of works lest any man should boast. Grace is the unearned, unmerited favor of God. We access grace through faith. The Bible could not be any clearer. It's not of ourselves. It's a gift. So we have nothing to boast about. A gift is freely given. A gift is different than a wage. A wage is something you earn. We've all earned the wages of sin. And the wages of sin is death, according to Romans 6.23. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. I say all that to emphasize there's nothing you can do to earn salvation. But the way we live is most certainly a way to access... The refreshing found in Jesus. Living wrong produces guilt, stress, anxiety. Living a disciplined life brings a refreshing like water from the jawbone of a donkey. You always feel good when you do the right thing. The alarm clock goes off on a Sunday morning. It was a tough week and a late night. It's cold outside. Sleeping in sounds so good. What will you do? What will you do? (laughs) You've two possible choices. And in and of themselves, salvation does not hinge on your decision. But times of refreshing may well be at stake. Fast forward to noon on that infamous Sunday morning. If you stayed home and slept in, you lament not going. Come on now, you've been there. You're disappointed in yourself. It's hard to feel good about your decision. It, it affects your day. It affects your week. If you went, you're so glad you forced yourself to roll out. No one ever does the right thing And regrets it. And by the way, the people you think are the pillars of the church, the the people you think are are holier or closer to God than most, they have to make these decisions too. The difference is self-discipline. Self-discipline is the ability to make yourself do what you should do, when you should do it, even though you don't feel like it. Jim Rollins says, Discipline weighs ounces, regret weighs tons. Successful people make a habit of doing what unsuccessful people don't like to do. Now it turns out, successful people don't like those things either, but they do them because they realize it's the price of success. The good news is self-discipline is a habit you can learn and the payoff for practicing self-discipline is immediate you just feel good when you do the right thing and it leads to times of refreshing you made a good decision you got up and came to church today you might not have felt like it who cares what it feels like you got up and you came you you can feel good about that but when you pile bad decision on top of bad decision it creates a heaviness and a discouragement if you make bad decisions today when your head hits the pillow tonight it's hard to feel good about your day string a number of days like that together and you're battling discouragement and depression there just isn't much to feel good about But for the person who gets up early and reads their Bible, spends time in prayer, goes for a brisk walk, goes to work, works hard and works with a good attitude, they fall into their bed at the end of the day with a healthy fatigue. They can rest knowing it was a day filled with good choices made and and the result is a refreshing from the Lord. It's like drinking cold water from the jawbone of a donkey. Live a disciplined life. Not to be saved, not to impress others, not to attempt to earn God's love, but because a disciplined life is the bridge between who you are and who you want to be. Live a disciplined life and you will find times of refreshing. Now the fifth key to discovering times of refreshing is rest. It's good to work hard, it's important To work hard. In fact, it's a necessary requirement of refreshing to work hard. The Bible is clear six days thou shalt work, but on the seventh day thou shalt rest. In earring time, and that speaks of corn, like ears, in earring time and in harvest time thou shalt rest. Now, the end of that verse is very important because it says, even in in the busy time, even when business is booming, and even when the deadlines are looming, make room for rest. And rest is different than sleep. I believe one of the amazing inventions of God was the week. How brilliant to create time in a circle, instead of in a straight line and once in the week God says we need to allow for rest rest is the key rest is a key to experiencing the refreshing of the Lord there will always be work to do there will always be something urgent clamoring for your time for your attention and for your energy but we must make room for a Sabbath in fact The word Sabbath itself means rest. We need to make sure our life breathes. There's a time for work and there's a time for rest. We need both in their proper proportion. If we only work, we will suffer. And if you don't work and you only rest, you will not experience refreshing. God knew exactly what he was doing. Six days thou shalt work, and on the seventh day, rest. When are we going to learn that God knows exactly what he's doing? When are we going to understand that God has a plan and it is the way to success, it's the way to refreshing, it's the way to peace. He understands the work week like no one else. He understands the human body and all of its needs and requirements like no one else possibly can. When are we gonna learn to trust Him? When are we gonna learn to trust Him and His word as our rule of faith and conduct in this life? The day we do, is the day that we'll begin to experience times of refreshing from the Lord. Do you need a refreshing today? Five things. Make sure you're saved. Don't leave this place today without being saved. Know Jesus. If you want to be refreshed, it starts there. Know Jesus. Be saved. Without this, nothing else matters. Number two, drink of the water of life freely. Connect with Jesus. Tap into the source. Number three, live a disciplined life. It just feels good to do the right thing. Number four, learn to worship. Learn to incorporate worship into everything you do. Number five, have a Sabbath. Learn the value of rest. Let me pray with you. Lord, We confess that we've gotten caught up in the ways of the world. And and for some of us, that means pleasure-seeking. We spend our life seeking pleasure. For others, it's being consumed with work. We've glorified the businessman who works 60 hours a week and the coach who sleeps in his office. And in both of those extremes, we've missed it. You have the perfect cycle for us if we will but follow your plan. Our life needs to breathe. For some of us, we need to, while we might be saved, we need to tap into that source. We kind of put Jesus on the back burner throughout the week. Then we come to church, and church is good, and We leave encouraged, but we're heading into a six-day stretch where we're kind of on our own. How good would it be if we could tap into the source of life, if throughout the week we could drink from the water of life freely? Hmm. And worship, how important is worship to put God in His rightful place To proclaim his worth on Tuesday. Imagine that. On Thursday night. To sing about Jesus. To live in such a way that God looks at us. And smiles. Lord, it's so easy to drift into a gospel of works. We're not even talking about being saved talking about living with a refreshing, the refreshing presence of Jesus in our life. Moment to moment, day to day, walking in him, walking in the spirit. Lord, that's that's what we're looking for. More of you, more of you. That's our prayer. And Lord, for the one that has never experienced you as Lord and Savior, I pray that today would be the day where he would just lay down his life. And that person would look to the cross, Calvary's cross, where you shed your blood so that our sins could be forgiven. For the Bible says, without the shedding of blood, there can be no remission of sins. You paid our price. We were guilty. You paid our fine. And so, Lord, we receive that from you today. We can't earn it. How could we earn it? but we receive it by faith. And we give you thanks. And the only way that we could possibly begin to express our thanks for an eternity in heaven with you is to begin today to live for you. And so we do that. We turn from our sin. We begin to live for you. Lord, I pray for the one that's parched today. The one whose spirit is Dry. Lord, I pray that they would find refreshing in these words of life. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Yeah. Let's. Well,